Welcome to Season 4 of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, where we talk about the struggles to teach you the trouble. Every week, we uncover a new issue that is going on in the world. This week, we will be talking about the Angola election rights protest. My name is Evan, and I'm here with Mac, Molly, and Brooke. Hey Mac, do you want to tell us about what this protest is all about? Well, Angola is a large and poor nation in southwestern Africa, with a population of 34 million people. For 300 years, it was governed as a Portuguese colony before finally gaining independence in 1975. Civilians of Angola are fighting for fair rights in the voting system because of the perceived unfairness of electoral process. They have had many frustrations for nearly five decades of uninterrupted MPLA rule. They are a social democratic political party and have been the only party to govern the country since it gained independence from Portugal in 1975. The Constitutional Court threw out a complaint filed by the runner-up of the 2022 election which claimed that the vote was flawed. The MPLA government of Angola has been accused of human rights violations, such as arbitrary arrest, detention, and torture by international organizations. The demonstrators took over Independence Square, traditionally where the MPLA holds rallies and victory parties. The protests were peaceful. Although analysts fear there is enough anger and youth frustration for the protests to turn extremely violent. First, let's talk about the rules of protesting in Angola. Brooke, can you start us off? Of course. So the Angolan government has asserted that every citizen of Angola has a voice in their country's problems. You know, I found an Angolan official's quote the other day. Angolan authorities must allow and facilitate this protest to go ahead and ensure people's legitimate demands for accountability and reform are not met with violence or reprisals. So you're basically saying that they're trying to give their citizens a voice but not include violence? Yes, and clearly they don't want violence, but they're keeping it a priority to stand up for what's right. Yeah, I get it. That's pretty interesting. To understand the current situation, we should talk about some basic history of Angola. Unfortunately, immediately after gaining independence from Portugal, the country fell into a 13-year civil war. There were two main factions battling in the civil war. The MPLA, which stands for Popular Movement of Liberation, and UNITA, which stands for National Union for Total Independence. This civil war quickly morphed into a proxy war as part of the Cold War, similar to the more well-known war in Vietnam. The MPLA, which was Marxist, was supported by Cuba, who sent soldiers to fight on their behalf. UNITA was supported by the United States, Zaire, and South Africa. The war ended with the signing of a peace agreement in 1988, and the country's first elections were held in 1991. Prior to that election, the MPLA changed its platform from Marxism to democratic socialism. The MPLA won easily and have been the party in control of Angola ever since. Geez, what a messy history. Did things get better after that? Actually, no. Immediately after UNITA lost the 1991 elections, they restarted the fighting, which lasted another 11 years. Wow, so except for the three years from 1988 to 1991, the country has been in a civil war from 1975 to 2002. That's over a quarter of a century. Imagine what that would be like for people. The Second War resulted in 1 million deaths and 4 million displaced people. Although peace was achieved in 2002, the next elections weren't held until 2008 when the MPLA won easily. More elections were held in 2012 and 2017. Although the MPLA won each time, the people's living standards did not improve. Today, two-thirds of people live in extreme poverty, meaning they survive on two U.S. dollars or less a day. 
Angola's fifth round of elections occurred in August of 2022. Voter turnout for that election was the lowest in history, with only 46% of its population voting. So there is a lot of social unrest and dissatisfaction with the MPLA. That's the cause for the current protests? Yes, the people want wealth of the nation to be more evenly shared. The country has a lot of oil and mineral wealth like diamonds and copper, but it will take foreign investments to make the country richer from those resources. If the social unrest is too severe, the risk is that the foreign companies will not invest in the nation and the wealth of the country will not grow. Although the current protests aren't very big, they are fighting a massive issue that should be talked about more. Now let's discuss more about the active protests. So Mac, would you like to fill us in on the biggest protests to occur? Yeah, so after the Angolan Constitutional Court rejected the complaint brought by the elections runner-up, thousands of protesters gathered in the nation's capital. This happened all back in September. So the protesters gathered because the election was pretty much fraud? Yeah, according to the people, the election on August 24th was a scam. We spoke to Gabrielle Duchateau, a journalist who researched the topic for us. Were the fraud of the votes in the 2022 election real? And if so, was it the MPLA that caused this? Well, I think it's easy... It's likely that it was fraud because the ruling party, the MPLA, they're like in charge of everything. And so basically they passed amendments to their constitution to make their elections less transparent and to not have anti-fraud mechanisms. That's what a Reuter piece said. And the opposing party, the UN, ITA or UNITA, they had their own election counting and they showed themselves ahead of the MPLA. And so in an instance like this, you know, you would go to an independent election counter or some sort of fair, in, you know, yeah, independent entity to count. But that's a problem in Angola because the court that holds up these elections is led by a former member of the MPLA party. And so when the UNITA released an appeal to the court for this election, but the court ruled against it. And so that made the decision final. And so that led to the MPL leader, Lorenzo, to be sworn in. And just there's no really, there's no way to prove that this election was fair or free from fraud just because the ruling party is in charge. Have there been any signs of the president or other government parties making an effort to fix this problem? The only thing that the president and the government have done was upping security the days after the election. Mm -hmm. So just to prevent protests or like uprisings happening mm -hmm. for the people who were outraged. And people did take the social media and, you know, the opposing party that came in second place did what they could to try and get these election results and like their results sheets released. But as far as I could tell, the MPLA party did not do that. I just found it like super surprising how no one really talks about this. Like I didn't know about this issue at all until we had to choose a topic and learning more about it just really made me realize how bad of an issue it was. And it's just really surprising me how like no one knows about it that I talked to. So yeah. it was just very under talked about. Yeah. Well. What I feel like is that in, you know, the U.S., we have all these rights. We have the right to vote. We have, like, a voice, you know, freedom of speech and all that thing. And we, like, I don't realize that in other countries they don't have what we have. And especially especially around, like, election time, everyone yeah. talks about it. Everyone's like, vote, go vote. It's everywhere. Yeah. Every celebrity's talking about it. Every news program, like, everyone's talking about it, go vote. And then 
in other countries when, yes, it might be talked about that much, but it really doesn't matter because there's fraud. How do you think people create a solution for this or end it, end the fraud in Angola? I definitely think that they're doing what they can because they're protesting and they're protesting outside of where the MPLA like holds their rallies and stuff and they're proving that they have a voice and they want to share it. But it needs to, I, like Evan said, like it needs to get out more. Like People need to understand that this is happening. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a lot of young people that are protesting because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are really realizing yeah. how like, bad the government is. Mm-hmm. And so they really just have to focus on trying to inform more of the older people that um, how bad it really is, uh, comparing it to like other governments and things like that. So just like Brooke said, it's just about getting the word out. Yeah, I agree. What do you think the uh, protesters want in the long run? Like, what do you think they're fighting for in the long run? To have the right to vote, and when they do vote, the votes don't get thrown away and they actually count towards something. Yeah, I agree. And the MPLA has been ruling the country for decades, yeah. and it's, they, it, they don't think it's fair anymore because it's gone so downhill yeah. for so long. Yeah, and then uh, at the last election, the president came in, jo- Joao Lorenzo, and he, he made all these massive promises to improve mm-hmm. the lives of people. The president of the country, like this leader of the country, is making all these promises and can't own up to them. Yeah. Like that's just as big of a problem as the votes not being counted. Yeah. I think it could potentially start a civil war as well if mm-hmm. the people start fighting back against the government. Or even like a regional war. Yeah. yeah. And the percentage of these voters has gone down because yeah. at some point the civilians are like, like why even vote yeah, at like that why point. Does it, why does it matter if I even vote because it's not going to be counted? Gone down like 10 or so percent, which is like a yeah. big amount. Like that you want everyone to vote. You it, want their word to be out, but at some point it just doesn't matter. In the last election, only like 48% of the mm-hmm. people were, so it was, it was in the 40s, voted. And that's just so low. Like so many people's voices weren't heard. Yeah. And were just, ideas were just thrown out. Like Angola is such a big oil distributor and like minerals they're very wealthy in that aspect but mm-hmm. aside of that they're a very poor country yeah and so voting to get those resources they need you said like they live on two u.s dollars a day like yeah. that's all that they live off of so getting this right to vote and getting what they need through those votes is big for them yeah i think i think that also like you know what we're doing we're talking about the podcast and we're learning about these things People everywhere, if they start to learn about it, then we can start to help them with their mm-hmm. struggle. I wonder if there's anything America could do, because if it starts coming out in the media and the news more, are there any steps we can take as a country to help solve this issue? Maybe just kind of put down a f- our foot and just say, just really just talk about how horrible it is that a country with so much oil riches mm-hmm. um, isn't being used on the people. And it's quite obvious that the government is taking a lot for themselves and not putting it back out into efforts to help the people out. And so the U.S. should really just talk about it more. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast. And make sure to tune in next week for our up-and-coming shows.